Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler, my city is officially better <laughs> than your city, and you're just gonna have to accept it. Well, I, I lost money gambling on the AAF, but I just won hundred dollars because I bet our producer will that you would. That would be the first thing you brought up on the podcast today. So, did you really win hundred bucks? I mean, he's. I'm, I'm sure it's not a real bet, but yeah, you know, basically, I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, that was inevitable. Um, that was not a good showing. Legends seems like not the best name we could have chosen right now. Um, we'll bounce back, I guess. Maybe they hold off on the Legends name until they score a touchdown. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a rough, rough go of it. We are going to talk Alliance of American Football. Yes, because I was there in Orlando this past weekend taking in all the action, the battle of our two cities. Yeah. Um, didn't turn out to be much of a battle at all. Um, we're going to talk Justin Fields eligibility stuff because as we found out, little nice, nice little NCAA news dump Friday Unreal. at like 4.45 to say that Justin Fields, by the way, is immediately eligible to play in, 28, in 2019, rather. So we will talk about that. We have an interview with our new favorite Australian, <laughs> Tommy O'Rourke. We just recorded that. It's really good. His accent is, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's got the best accent we've ever had on this podcast. Well, yeah, it's a, I mean, not a huge pool of uh, from to pick from on that one true but true. yeah it was, it was really good i could do my fake british accent it doesn't compare that was no, really good no um i and I, by the way i was including your coach o occasion accent I'm oh saying, wow i'm wow. just saying I, wow the australian accent is, is unbelievable tommy's coached good. that for us um we have sec valentine's day cards to get to as well you did some some heavy lifting on that i've seen, this I've is seen how i chose to spend my work day <laughs> <laughs> just making valentine's for a bunch just of middle-aged valentine's day. that's right <laughs> Um, Perfect. We've got some good stuff to get to in fourth and wrong as well. But let's let's start with with the Alliance of American Football because we talked about this last week and we went into this both optimistic but not really knowing what to expect at the same time. I think we liked some of the names in here. We liked the fact that somebody like Spurrier was going to be running one of these teams. We saw the potential there. But what were just your initial thoughts and reactions from watching the opening weekend of this new spring pro football league playing out? So I, I, it exceeded my expectations. I, I actually, either way, I'm going to sound like a bad fan on this one, but I watched a majority of this football game, Atlanta versus Orlando, uh, as opposed to watching the Alabama basketball game. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was excited. Like, obviously, I love football. It's, this, didn't, this never had the feel of like a novelty league, like the XFL was like 20 years ago or whatever. And it wasn't like the ridiculous rules that were in place. There were there were different rule changes. But for the most part, I thought, I wouldn't say every single, you know, difference that they have between how their, like their style of play in college ball or the NFL was, was better. But it was, you could see why they would make that adjustment. Like the no kickoffs. Anytime we can limit the kicking game in, in football, I'm for it as a Bama fan. Um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. It exceeded my expectations. I thought it was great. I did too. And so I was there uh, at the Atlanta Orlando game and got to just kind of take it all in, experience what what it was like because I, I really didn't know. I mean, with these we've seen these these leagues before and we've just kind of wondered is this going to feel like a pickup game? I mean, is this going to feel like something where it's it's trying to do too much? And I'm I'm glad you brought up the XFL point because I think people who are trying to make that comparison right now are looking at this the wrong way because yeah. there's a very distinct difference. And that's what I realized by night's end is that there's a very distinct difference with the AAF as opposed to the XFL. And that is the XFL tried to produce a better product than the NFL. It tried to say, we are competing with you. We are going to correct all these things that you have done wrong. And right. we are going to reward the fans and boom and take that NFL. And the AAF is not trying to do that. It's trying to no. be this developmental spring league for the NFL in a way in that it hopes that its guys are able to maybe latch on to an NFL team. And some of the guys who have just fallen through the cracks are able to get that next shot. Now, right. I don't know how, how much that's going to happen, but that is the goal. And that's why, we talk, as we talked about last week, NFL Network is on board with this. And they're going to be showing some games. And you have a lot of former NFL people that still have very good ties to the NFL that are working with this league. We talked about like Heinz Ward and Jeff Fisher and guys like that. Well, so that's a good sign too. Well, and also, so we did a story on this because one of the things they did, I thought the best job of with, especially with the the four or five teams in the Southeast of the United States, they did a really good job, like capitalizing on, on the regions of the team, like mm -hmm. regionalizing like the rosters and everything like that. And I think, so one of the things we put in this article we did last week was there's 73 former SEC players, one from each 
all 14 teams that are going to be playing in the league. And I think the the Birmingham team alone has 23 former SEC right. players. So when you, especially in a city like Birmingham, where you don't have professional sports in that state, like as a whole, they will latch on to something like this. That's when it's not college football season, and you have former Bama players. I think they have 10 former Bama players and five former Auburn players. I thought they did a really good job of capitalizing on stuff like that. But they also, again, like when you have people, not just like Jeff Fisher. When you have like Mike Martz and Mike Singletary and and uh, Bill Polian, I forgot Bill Polian was in charge of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah and right. and you could tell like very quickly that it's like you said a lot more of a, de- a developmental league and more like a minor league feeder system for guys that I mean you forget how difficult it is to make an NFL roster. There's only 53 spots, and so for guys that maybe didn't you know have the right fit after they got drafted or that maybe they went undrafted, this is perfect for them. Yeah, and so somebody like Jalen Marshall, who you know three years ago. Pre-draft, I was doing, I was interviewing him after he left Ohio State following his redshirt sophomore year. He was a former right. five-star recruit, and he had a nice, pretty decent rookie season in the NFL back in 2016. But I think he had a couple of off-the-field things. I think he had a banned substancing. He tested positive for a drug, something like that. And boom, he's out of the league two years later, right. and he scored the first touchdown in the history of this league. And yeah. he caught that pass from a former five-star recruit and Garrett Gilbert, who was got a chance at Texas and then you know ended up going to SMU, you know just hasn't been able to stick around in the in the NFL. But you're seeing a lot of guys like this. And what I kind of realized looking through these rosters, and we're going to talk about Aaron Murray in a second. But there are a lot of recognizable names for people that have followed college football, and that feels like we're watching American players and we're watching guys that are not just total rejects that never no. had a chance, but like guys that were like, oh, this guy like actually did some stuff in college. Yeah, this isn't like the rookie where some like four year old is going to show up in like Wranglers and try out for a team. <laughs> like, it's, like it's you know, and that was one of the things that surprised me was honestly, there are some deficiencies in the play. Like the offensive line play hasn't been great, and Woof. you know it was a little bit especially for Atlanta. But when you talk about the quarterback play, especially when you have guys like Matt Sims and Aaron Murray, both former SEC players, like battling for the uh, starting job in Atlanta. When you have Garrett Gilbert in Orlando, who's I didn't realize this, he was in the league for seven years. Right, he just I've never practiced more squads. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you also have, like, you know, you look at the team in Memphis, which I was really surprised they didn't score any points because Zach Mettenberger and Christian Hackenberg, when you're talking about Mettenberg was a five-star, but Hackenberg was the number one overall quarterback in the country coming out of high school. And I know he had he didn't have a great showing. Um, but it's, it's been cool to see. And, like, you know, guys like Trent Richardson were – you're not just talking about, like, you know, guys that were role players or bench players while they are in college or couldn't – you know, they got cut as soon as they got to the NFL – you're talking about people that were Heisman finalists and all-conference players and just maybe didn't find the right fit. Speaking of that, Aaron Murray, our guy. The guy that I convinced, if you recall, to join the Alliance of American Football. And I said, Aaron, look, this is a perfect opportunity for you. Sure enough, a few months later, he ends up joining the league. To our surprise, to our astonishment, he was not the opening day starter for Atlanta, and he should have been. And I don't want to hear from people who are like, oh, you know, he threw a pick at the end, and and then it was called back, and then he threw another interception. Aaron Murray is a starting pitcher. He is not a reliever. You don't bring that man into the middle of the game and expect big results. You start him from the jump. You let him get into the flow of the game, and you let him win you a ton of games. How dare Atlanta? They were destined not to have a winning day the second they decide not to start Aaron Murray. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to say because the guy he was playing against was Matt Sims, and I, and I love Aaron. He's been awesome. We had him on here. Um, but Matt Sims, I put this out on Twitter. I've told you before. That's like my old regular when I used to bartend at Houston's. He's the one that when he first found out, he was like, you're a Bama fan and a Red Sox fan? Oh, and I was yeah. like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I didn't know you were a douchebag. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a very accurate assessment. <laughs> um, so I like Matt Sims. I think th- that was an uphill battle yeah, either way with that offensive line. That was oh, pretty yeah. tough. Oh, it was brutal. Um, but, no, I mean, Aaron Murray, I would have liked to see him get a chance to play. And that was one thing that was a little bit um, odd to me because we do talk about how maybe it's just the narrative that we built for it or just kind of what we assume going into the season – I, I did think and still do think that's going to be a little bit more of like a developmental minor league feeder system for the NFL. And it was odd to see them, I guess, for lack of better words, like trying to go win a game and not actually get somebody playing time and get him some work in. I was kind of surprised by that. Right. So I think one of the, the big the big takeaways from this was that and that it does feel a little bit more like, you know, the rules are, are, are somewhat tweaked, but this is still these are still teams that are trying to win games and still trying to be competitive. Yeah. Spurrier is gold for this thing. Spurrier is the <laughs> they mic'd perfect him up. person to be mic'd up. And I kind of thought about this, and I was like, you know, that last year and a half at South Carolina, you can say what you want about it, but, like, when he retired in the middle of the 2015 season, that was really before Twitter videos had kind of taken off. And now, where, like, 
social media has become a lot bigger and getting some of those quick sound bites where you can have these like 15 second yeah. videos online, that stuff's gonna go viral. Spurrier is gonna go viral every single week with this league. As long as he is mic'd up and say, like he had the comment, well, where um, like uh, what the running back drops the ball. There's a receiver, yeah. And then he calls into the play, he calls into the offensive coordinator. He's like, tell him to catch the ball next time. And it Make was sure he gets so the ball this perfect. time. It was like a fourth down. It was incredible. And, and this, so they did the great. same thing kind of with the uh, with the what do you call it? the official review, like in the booth, right? Which right, was right. a little bit awkward because you know you're watching her like in real time break down like. Not a catch. It's not a catch. And I was like, and then she got it correct, which was good to see. There weren't that many things that I I didn't really like. I didn't like the onside kick rule. Um, no kickoffs, yeah, I mean, though. I mean, it's, it, I like that. I think the NFL is going to eventually adopt that because if you still have punt returns, you're not necessarily taking away jobs. And we talked about the other day. You're not yeah. taking away jobs from guys who market themselves as return specialists. And it right. just kind of cuts down on the time of the game. The time of this game was two hours and 39 minutes. That's unbelievable. Listen, it's two and a half hours. You can gamble on it. And, and my least favorite thing about the NFL, my and it always has been, is when you come back from a touchdown, you it's you go to commercial break, you come back from commercial break, and you kick off, and they go right back to commercial break. No TV that drives me They don't do nuts. that. They don't do no. that. No, that might change if it you know if they get more like success and, and they get they get picked up with a contract. I think they had like three million viewers on CBS on Saturday. But you know, again, to speak to the point about how the legitimacy of the players in the league. 81% of the, the players like in the league on these rosters have been on an NFL roster at some point, which means they've gone through training camp. Right, and I think that's significant. And it's gonna, you know, time is gonna tell if things if this thing is gonna work, but I think there are, there are a few things that can happen that, that are really gonna help it. I, I do think that Spurrier is such a, a big piece of this thing. And the fact that he was the first person on board with this league yeah. It's really important because you need personalities. You need personalities to drive brands, whether it's sports, whether it's internet companies, like whatever it is, you, you need personalities. We talk about that all the time. Spurrier, after the game, by the way. Um, took a shot. Took a little shot to Washington Redskins. That was, that was fun. Yeah. Um, and also, I asked him the question, the elephant in the room that I was stunned nobody asked him. I waited like five minutes and I was like, all right, somebody's going to ask this question. Somebody's going to ask this question. And then I asked him, I'm like, you know, you weren't wearing the visor tonight. Like, well, what was yeah. up with that? Like, what were you doing? And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. I, I, you know, it was, I saw the forecast and it was supposed to rain. And then, you know, I was like, I'll wear the hat to cover up the hair, all that stuff. And then he's like, you know, and then the rain didn't come as hard as we thought it would. And then, you know, I'm trying to, you know, flip the headset and the hat's getting in the way. He's like, I'm, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it's like, I'm going back to the visor. So I don't worry. I did the Lord's work. I know I messed up with the Benny Snell thing in the post game, but I made sure to get the most important question of the night to everybody, our listeners, and that is Spurrier is going back to the visor. Yeah, for real. That, that, was, that was good. It, I mean, it really was. It was entertaining. And, and the the no commercial break thing, man, the no TV timeouts, that was just... It's huge. And it, it, you could tell, though, they're, they're not trying to do what the XFL did years ago, which was, like like you said, try to create a better product that's going to rival the NFL. You're not going to beat the NFL. You're just not. And, you know, it, it was, it was kind of refreshing to see, like, them kind of own their product and, and kind of carve out their own like niche like in you know it's the off season it's the first week after the super bowl we don't have to wait like an extra week all you had to do is go to go to cbs on eight o'clock on a saturday night and boom yeah. flip on football right there like that that is super easy it's super Did you see their app? yeah so their app was the number one most downloaded app overnight which is unbelievable i think that was the only place though and this is one of the the tweaks that the the league has to make i think that was the only place where you could access in-game stats if i'm not mistaken it, and i we had like an in-house feed for yeah. media covering the game and stuff that was frustrating but yeah i mean so that they, they obviously need to tweak that and there are a few things you know the offense is like we said they're an absolute mess atlanta goes through this situation where michael vick was the offensive coordinator up until like thursday night and then we find out that michael vick is no longer the offensive coordinator of the atlanta team and that was basically what led to, I think, a lot of the sloppiness. He had stepped down because he had signed on to work with Brad Childress. And Brad Childress stepped okay. down a month before the league was going to start. And so all of a sudden, Atlanta's offensive staff was basically, like, gutted. And they were, you know, in a complete disarray leading into the opener. I would have definitely used that as an excuse if Aaron Murray had started and had a really bad game. <laughs> but so, like, there are little things like that and, you know, well, Hugh Some Freeze was still listed that. on on the uh, Arizona Hotshots website That's as the right. offensive coordinator. Because I remember going through it, and I was like, I'm sorry, is this the same Hugh? I don't, I mean, so, yeah, it's, that'll be interesting to follow along as well. But it, it, I, it definitely exceeded my expectations for the first weekend. It's going to have some legs. And it's going to have some legs if people have the right expectations of it, which is, 
This is a league that is not trying to have 80,000 people show up at, at given games. It's going to have this season at the right time of year. It's going to have the right audience, I think. And maybe it is in the right markets. We'll, we'll find out. But, you know, everybody try, is trying to get this thing figured out after one weekend. And I saw Herb Street was just bashing it on Twitter. And it's like, what? you know, to me, that's that's also premature. There are still some big decisions that have left, yeah. that, that need to be made from a marketing standpoint, just from a personnel standpoint and all that. But I liked what I saw. And I, I was... I, my, my expectations, whatever they were, I, I, I think that what the AFF or the AAF did opening weekend was yeah. able to exceed them. Well, and, and t- that being said, I know that that same thing happened with the XFL when they debuted years and years ago, and then their numbers you know, were on a steady decline for the rest of the year. The only city I'm really worried about is Atlanta because there's like other stuff to do. <laughs> so there's like, stuff to Mem- do in Orlando. There's stuff to oh, do that's, in that's also fair, but I meant like Memphis and Birmingham specifically. Like these are perfect cities to have a quote-unquote, professional sports team in. I agree. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, we're, and we're going to, you know, people are people are going to drive this league. Narratives will drive this league. And we're going to follow along and we're going to keep up with, with some of this stuff. And, you know, if, if this is just like totally, like you guys are like, I absolutely hate this stuff, let us know on social media and be like, hey, stop talking about this league that nobody cares about. <laughs> Too but bad. I think, but I think the response, what we saw from Saturday night, is was, was pretty positive for the most part. Yeah. So. Um, definitely an interesting thing that we will continue to monitor. Real quick, Trent Thompson, also in the league. Trent so again, Thompson. not just like role players. Like I know he didn't really, I, mean, I don't want to say he was a bust as a five-star, but that's the former number one overall player in the country. Gosh. So. That's crazy. That is just, that's wild. Perfect transition. To Georgia. Boom. Right there. Or a former Georgia player. Another player who that's left right. Georgia. Uh, I see what you did there. That was very nice. Justin Fields, as we found out on Friday, is going to be eligible immediately in 2019. <laughs> and I know we had joked about this a couple months ago, and we said, well, you know, if he's eligible, let's just throw away the waiver process, and let's let's just not make anybody sit out after transferring uh, as, as an undergrad. But Justin Fields, I you know, the more and more you kind of got deeper into this thing, and he hires Thomas Mars, and you realize who Thomas Mars was the one who was uh, the lawyer of Shea Patterson last year when he was trying to gain immediate eligibility at Michigan after transferring from Ole Miss. And once he got on board, he kind of knew, all right, this thing, he's going to be able to get whatever he wants. The NCAA was not going to want to fight a battle that had some racial some racial issues at the center of it. Whether you agree with that or not is his reason for leaving. I think we all know why he left and his main motives for that. But yeah. the problem was for the NCAA, the second you have people like Al Sharpton, who are activists, step up and make this an issue about race, that is not a battle that they're going to want to fight for when it's one player. It's just not. No, no. And it's a, it's a really sensitive subject. And I think it, this is this is just so typical NCAA because it's like you know the end result. You feel like you already know the end result before anything happens, before they do any kind of research or investigate the situation. You feel like you kind of know the outcome. But it's just another case where they're also not telling you the honest truth of why it's happening. Right, and there's in my no, opinion, yeah, the transparency there is, you know, you could kind of get into the nitty gritty, and you could form any sort of, if you kind of look at the rule book, and you could say, well, he's dealing with this situation that was preventing yeah. him from playing, whatever. And I know people were saying on social media, if this was such a big deal for him, then why is his sister still at Georgia? I get all that. Why didn't it happen mid year? Any of those things. I mean, and that's that's fine because what happened was still a very offensive and an issue. So I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss that at all or discount it. But at the same time, and I love watching the NCAA get pushed around. I absolutely love it. Right. I do. But at the same time, it's a slippery slope that it's, they're starting to create of, it is, we said it last summer, it's it's going to create college football free agency. And I tell you what, hot take here, the XFL is already way behind where I think the AAF is kind of started off, where they put like a quality product on the field. They're going to have to find a way to differentiate themselves. That transfer portal is going to be going straight to the XFL, like immediately. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about yeah. that. Because if you if you do the thing where, I know like we talked about this with the Pacific Pro Football League, whatever that is Ugh, out, yeah. in, out in L.A. That, that's starting up. If it's you do this thing, league. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how they're going to market themselves. If you do this thing where you put anybody in the transfer portal and you say like, hey, you can leave your school at any given point and just go join one of these pro leagues, I think there will be kids that that is attractive to. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what they're going to try and cater to. And that'll be a different discussion in itself. In the meantime, though, in terms of what it means for the NCAA, what it means for quarterbacks transferring, 
obviously the, the, the place that you go from after seeing the Justin Fields ruling is to Tate Martell. And I think a lot of people in the SEC know that name and they're interested to see the way this plays out because it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if Tate Martell gets his way with this, then who isn't going to get their way? And I think that's the way people are thinking of it, but I'm not so sure that that's necessarily going to be the case. But if you don't, then it also sets a pretty bad precedent for allowing what happened with Justin. I know there are two different situations. Um, and I, again, I, I don't think the, like the reason why both of them left is we the know why reason why. They, yeah, um, I just I think that if you allow the kid that went to Ohio State, is, and think about everything that happened at Ohio State last year. This is not one incident. Like, not, no offense to like what happened with, with Justin Fields, but like this is not an isolated incident. That was a several month long just blank storm of what was going on. So I, I think. There's just no part of me that thinks he's going to have to sit out a year. That's the interesting thing about this. So you would think, you're wondering, like, all right, what's is Tate Martell just going to try and use the coaching change? Yeah. That's what I assumed, that he was just going to try and use the coaching change as why he should be eligible to play immediately. But he's actually not. And he's actually just, he actually came out, and the report is that he is using the Urban Meyer suspension as his reason why he can play. <laughs> and I actually think that's kind of brilliant, because think about this. You have to use something that's outside of your control, right? You have yeah. to use a situation that's outside of your control, bigger than you, not just as simple as I wasn't good enough to be able to play and this right. is why I'm transferring. He is also using something where if you just try and say, I'm going because I got a new coach, that that basically, the, if the NCAA looks at that, there is a hard and fast rule in place to be able to say, no, we can't let you do that because if we do that, then we really open up the door for everybody. And given how much coaching turnover there is, that opens up that opens up the floodgates. That really does. But Tate Martell is smart to look at it from this standpoint to say, if I kind of bring up some of the seriousness of this Urban Meyer stuff, and yeah. I, I cite the fact that Ryan Day comes in as the interim coach, and then this leads to this different path for me at Ohio State, because I do think that there's something to be said for Tate Martell playing in a different role and maybe playing a little bit more and developing under Urban Meyer as opposed to Ryan Day, who's just not necessarily... The, the guy same. who was going to develop him, he was looking for more of a more of a passer than Tate Martell was. I get that. So maybe maybe the NCAA will get really specific and accept this and allow him to be able to play immediately. But at the same time, it would also not set a new precedent to say, okay, just because you got a new coach and you transferred because you weren't going to play, doesn't mean that we have to do this for everybody. Does that make sense? No, I get it. I, I think there's so, the NCAA is so screwed on this. Oh, they it's, haven't, yeah, it's they haven't put their foot down and, and set any kind of like standards or rules or like like regulations of how things are going to be followed. And now it's just like, oh, we'll wait and see. We'll just deal with that as it comes. And so Tate Martell going down there, and again, he, there's not just not just the fact that he is a premier player, a former five star of like a big time recruit, and he had a hardship or whatever like that caused him to leave. He also better like deleted those tweets. Where he was talking oh, trash to every, Justin Fields. He deletes every <laughs> but, tweet. Well, that's a smart move by him. But it's also a blue blood program, Miami, that's like kind of trying to resurface and, and be on their way back, where I think the NCAA usually benefits from things like that. And by the way, going back to the whole thing, the transfer portal going to these other like professional leagues, the AAF, the, the contracts those players get are it's un, it's not guaranteed, but it's three years for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. If you think that you're going to tell a five star kid, a five star athlete who wants to transfer because of a coaching change or something or whatever, he's unhappy, and somebody gives him $83,000 to go play football, he doesn't have to sit out a year and be in college and go to class, bye. There's something to be said for it, and we'll, we'll see how those contracts play out, if they're able to increase that maybe even in the next year, or if the league just gains enough traction where, I mean, as we talked about, you're getting to play on CBS. You're getting to play on the NFL Network. It's not yeah. like you got to like go on some streaming service and you, or you got to find like – TSN, like to play in the CFL or something like yeah. that. It's a totally different ball game when you're playing on American soil with American TV rights and you've got those at your back. So I like I like that you bring that up. I think getting back to just this basic idea of what is the NCAA going to say no to as it relates <laughs> to transfers. I make I think you're gonna like this 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 comparison. It could, I'm not saying it's going to, but it could become like a pitcher doctoring the baseball, right? We assume that pitchers in baseball, stick with me on this one. Okay. You can't just be blatant about it. You can't just like have have pine tar sitting there on the front of your jersey yeah. and going to it at every instant 
and basically not even making any effort to hide it from the ump. Right. If you're a transfer quarterback and you go to the NCAA and you're like, yeah, I'm not playing. I just want to go somewhere else. Let me play immediately. They're not going to be like, okay, let's let's just let you do that. Unless they make a wholesale legislation change. What it could become is they could just, just give me something, man. You got to make some yeah. sort of effort <laughs> to give me something that's outside of the typical, like. They're just getting a doctor's note, man. That's all it is. Right. It's, it's, it's showing up to urgent care and being like, listen, I've got a cough. I also have a meeting at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Can you just write me a note? That's really all I need. We've all been there. Um, yeah, like I, it just. But if you if you get into the whole thing about like, well, no, you can't just transfer, you know, for whatever reason, and we have to put our foot down about certain things. Again, it's going to now get into the disparity that's going to be even bigger between the coaches that are allowed to transfer at just a moment's notice for like freely, freely go and or come and go whatever they please, and then. You know, the athletes still get the short end of the stick unless they get a doctor's note. So as of right now, though, all we know, we don't know about Tate Martell yet, but we do know that Justin Fields is playing in 2019. Those Heisman odds that we told you about, that we agreed on, we said when the Heisman odds came out, we said that Justin Fields had the best Heisman odds at 12 to 1. Those odds are now down to 9 to 1. So we hope. We're yeah, we, we know what we're they, talking about every once in a while. I hope you got in on that action because that follows the perfect Heisman narrative. And I, I'm just saying that would be where I'd want to put my money still, even at 9 to 1. Okay. But, Let's get to our interview with our good friend, Tommy O'Rourke. I think you guys will enjoy this. Like I said, the <laughs> accent is, he's awesome. And I, yeah. I, 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 we didn't really know a whole lot about him coming in, but all we knew was that he was um, one of our one of our most active listeners on social media. This guy listens to us from, from Australia um, and finished like a billion places better than Marler in our bowling, <laughs> you know, which I, I said that in the interview too. So just in case also I didn't fair. say that up. So uh, yeah, let's get to our interview with Tommy. We're now excited to welcome on a very special guest. It is our devoted listener, our favorite Australian, Tommy O'Rourke. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Tommy? Yes, you are. Oh, that accent, dude. You Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Tommy O'Rourke finished second in our Bowl Mania Pick'em uh, pool that we did, which was like 150 spots better than Marler. Um, Tommy consumes all things SDS from Australia. Um, and so, Tommy, I, I've got to ask the, the, the most important question here. What time is it there right now? It is 7.15 a.m. Wow. Okay. So that is how devoted you are, that you are talking to a couple of idiots. You're, you're in the future, by the way, which is very impressive. It is 7.15 on Tuesday. We're recording this at 3.15 um, Eastern Time on Monday. Um, but we're, we're excited to, to, to be talking to you. Um, we want to get some, some background on you, like, you know, just favorite team, kind of go through, you know, how in the world you, you discovered SDS, you know, how you're following SEC football from Australia, all that stuff. Okay, so basically it was 2008, um, back when JPW was uh, hurling the football. I basically stumbled across it one day, um, and I just absolutely fell in love with Alabama football. And yeah, since then, I've basically, I guess, just things like on Instagram, I've seen Saturday Down South, and then obviously the pod. Uh, started listening in May, which was the, the first pod was the Kirby Smart's new contract. And um, yeah, basically just that, that's it. So I got I to gotta give you some background, just a little peel behind the onion here. Uh, I I didn't I don't say first met Tommy because he's my internet friend and that sounds weird but it's fine. Uh, Tommy <laughs> ma- uh, messaged me on Facebook and was like, "Hey mate," which I, I was like, "Who says mate?" That's interesting. And uh, I said, "I just ordered like 28 bottles of Texas Pete because you can't get it in Australia." And I was like, "That is a devoted." Li- I mean, that's I mean devoted to flavor first off. Um, but yes, that's that's how I actually came across Tommy at first. Okay, um, so that's that's how I first met Tommy. Um, like you said, that you're a Bama fan. What took you? Yeah, I was I, I originally was going to ask what brought you to Australia. I guess what brought you to besides JPW because you came on at a really good time to be a Bama fan. Um, t- kind of take us through your daily routine when it comes to, I, I guess, a Saturday way down south or down under um, in Australia when it's actually college football Saturday. All right, so basically, obviously, due to the time difference, my uh, game day starts on Saturday night um, due to the fact that the games are 
anywhere between, you know, 4 and 7 a.m. Sunday morning. So basically I'll, I'll make sure I've got my Bud Light-related beverages ready for the following morning, <laughs> um, as well as maybe a nice little, nice little meat and cheese board. Uh, then about half time I, I, get, I get it out, I get the, uh, I get the fried chicken and uh, put it in the uh, Texas Pete soup. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We're the same person. You just have a cooler accent, I feel like. Well, I've actually found myself a new stockist for Texas Pete now. So basically, I found a store. Um, I've spoken to the manager, and every time they get a shipment in, I basically purchase every bottle they have. So I just picked up another 17 bottles yesterday. So I'm good for about a month. <laughs> Oh my god! This isn't even an ad. This is so good. Oh, that's unbelievable. We, yeah, we, you might have to you might have to read the ad this week. I mean, hopefully Texas Pete is listening because I, I thought I was doing a good job promoting that product. Man, so my man puts it on sushi too, and I asked him. I said, "What's like your favorite food to put it on?" He said, "Everything," which is yeah, speaks to my heart, man. So, have you ever been to an SEC football game? And if not, what is the one game or rivalry you want to see in person if you ever get to the states? Uh, well, see, I've been to the states, but unfortunately, I was there in I was there in 2015 in March for Coachella, so I actually missed the whole football season. But I'm planning to do a road trip there in a year or so, and I definitely want to see the uh, Iron Bowl. Yeah. Okay. I like Wait a minute. That. How do you road trip from Australia? I'm I'm not good with like geography and maps and stuff. How do you road trip from Australia to Alabama? No, Sharks. no. So I want to fly to L- fly to LA. Um, oh, and then just do it like a, a road trip through the south. Dude, Tom, I'm going to let you know, if you awesome. fly into L.A., you probably just should stay in L.A. You're not missing that much in Alabama. Just being honest. I want you to go. <laughs> just saying. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll 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 have uh, Texas Pete sponsor that road trip, actually. We'll, we'll get that in the works yeah. for you. You fly into L.A. You basically just deliver Texas Pete to a bunch of different people. You're essentially Australian Santa Claus, and you'll go through the South delivering Texas Pete. I think we just came up with their new ad campaign. So we'll we'll get to work on that. We'll get back to you on the details. Don't be leaving Bud Light out in the cold like that. Oh, yeah. That, oh, Bud Light, too. Good, good point. Great point, Tommy. We will get... We'll do a little co-op thing, Bud Light and Texas Pete. That's okay. That's very smart. You're, see, you're you're already you're already with it. You're thinking like an American. We like that. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, so I got to address the elephant in the room here. Um, we talk extensively about Australian punters, especially when Australian punters commit to Miami, who look like they may or may not have spent like ten years in prison. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the story that went viral um, on signing day, but there is this Australian punter who just committed to Miami that, like I said, this guy looks like he did some hard time. Um, where is this, like, did you, did you see this, this, this story happen? Like, have you, have you been able to, like, gather some information on this guy? Like, what can you tell us about this guy that we are all fearing for our lives for? Yeah, he looks uh, pretty intimidating, the guy. He's, uh decent net taps on him. I don't know too much. I did see the story <laughs> drop. Um, there's a 50-50 chance I'd say he'd done a bit of time. <laughs> it's it's amazing though because like this 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 kind of stuff happens all the time now where all these different colleges are going into Australia and getting these punters. Is there is there like some sort of factory in Australia where all these great punters are coming from? And if so, like how how do you, how, how, how do you get there and what does it take? Because I mean, I, I think we could we could talk you into maybe going there and then maybe getting a scholarship to play some football in the states. Yeah, look, I don't want to be uh, one to toot my own horn, Connor, but I've, I've been known to kick a football. So basically, anyone out there who's ready for a new punter, sign me up. <laughs> First off, screw punting, screw punting, Tommy. If you're a Bama fan, like we need kickers, a lot. Yes, we do all the time. Um, yeah, so how many, I mean, how many years of eligibility left? Like how, how did you, did you play sports in college? Like give us the, the background on, you know, just something that we could sell to potential SEC teams to be able to say like, oh yeah, like this guy played soccer and we'll come up with some sort of doctored video to be able to send them and get you on scholarship. Like give us, give us a little bit of ammo that we could pitch to some SEC schools. Um, so I played rugby league growing up. That works. Some footage of me kicking a football a thousand miles. 
Okay. Well, I think I think that's 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 about all we need. Thanks. I mean, we'll we'll get to work now. It's kind of balls in our court, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that as well. All right. No so worries. La- <laughs> last question before Family Feud. And I, but also, yeah. I'm so glad that you threw Fosters under the bus. Like Fosters is it's Australian for Bud Light, but it's not as good as Bud Light. I'm glad you know that. Um, how do you explain <laughs> SEC football? to kangaroos and rugby players, which are the only two types of things that I, that I know live in Australia. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. It's, uh, it's basically, it involves a lot of hand movement and um, basically getting someone to sit down for four hours to actually try and understand it. Yeah, me too, okay, man. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Before Tommy, before we do Family Feud real quick, we were talking about this um, off air because we when we came on we didn't know 100% sure that you were like originally like from Australia born and raised all that stuff you kind of like f- you you fooled you might have fooled some of your Facebook friends a little bit with you know thinking that you were actually from the states can you tell people what you it's kind of been it might mean too much in a way can you tell pe- Tommy, people Tommy you catfish me did? just admit it Uh, so, yeah, basically when I first started watching uh, college football, I don't know why I did it. Yeah, it was 2008, for some reason, I just thought it would be a good idea to uh, put on my Facebook that I actually attended the University of Alabama. And then, to be honest, I just forgot it was there. <laughs> so, look, I think I should probably update it. But, um, yeah, it hasn't caused me too much trouble yet, so... <laughs> well, well, we'll get that updated, and you know, once once you're like playing in another school, like if you're punting at Kentucky or you know Tennessee or something like that, we'll get it updated, and we'll just have both schools on there, and then it's really going to help out your street cred over here. So no no worries, we'll take yeah. care of that too for you. Great, sounds good. All right, let's do Family Feud, and we'll get you out of here since it's tomorrow where you are. Anyway, I'm going to give you nine questions. They're going to be a little bit different than our normal family feud because, again, Tommy is full Aussie, as we learned today. Um, And fun fact, I don't know that much about Australian culture, so we're going to do our best. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, first question. What's your favorite food to put Texas Pete on? Sushi. Thousand points, I like that. Who wins in a fight, a drunken kangaroo or Coach O? Coach O. Nice. If you were a character on The Office, who would you be? Please, God, say you've seen The Office. Yeah, you're not going to be very uh, happy about this. I don't watch The Office. Don't say oh, that. Don't say Tommy, that, Tommy. Tommy, you got time. Well, I'm going to have to get. Up, I'm going to have to get up today. Yeah, okay. we'll ask you that you're, question. This, when you this have entire time. time. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Um, what Australian animal would make the best SEC mascot? Ooh. I guess it'd have to be the fighting kangaroo. No, it's a koala, Tommy. Come on, don't do this to me right now. Um, the next question is, what do you miss most about America? Uh, even though you're not from here. So from your trip to Coachella, what do you miss most about America? Remember, this is PG. <laughs> uh, just the people, mate. The people are so nice there. Um, I like, it's just... You've, very welcoming, and I just can't wait to get back there. Okay, I like that. Oh, What's so? I, I feel partly responsible for getting you into gambling. What's the weirdest thing you've ever gambled on in Australia? An election. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say Actually, actually, also, 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 I got a tip from someone that a certain girl would win um, The Bachelor. And then Ooh. what happened was... I accidentally, well, not accidentally, I fed the information to a fair few people. And next thing I know, there was roughly $70,000 placed on this girl to win The Bachelor. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, did she win? So this, listen to this. So basically, so, oh she, God. so she elected to leave the show herself. So she left oh the show. And then in the final commitment ceremony... The Bachelor said, and it's basically he chose nobody. So everybody got their money back, but it was a horrible 24-hour period that I went through. Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't choose anybody? Sh- yeah, he basically said, look, I can't commit to anybody. I'm just going to leave. Sing. Oh, better than losing money, though. That could have been disastrous for you. 
Wait, didn't you also yeah, win like three grand? Did you win three grand on that parlay this past season from our our preseason prop bets? Yeah, I did, but you know, I mean, it could have been double if the right person won the Heisman. God, you're my favorite person. Ooh. All right, all right, three more <laughs> questions. What is the best gift to give on Valentine's Day? Again, PG. PG kind of ruined it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just be maybe just something standard, giant thing, a giant bunch of flowers, nice dinner. Okay, I like that. Uh, what is your favorite sport other than football? Competitive bachelor. <laughs> Rugby league. Okay, that's fair. And last question. Last but not least, who's your favorite host of the STS podcast? Sorry, Connor. No, that's fair. Boom! Yeah. All know, right, so... Marler asked that question, and he always just kind of panders to the gas, and he's like, oh, you Two know for two. Uh, you know what, Marler? I am waiting for the day in which one of our guests comes on, and they're like, you know what, Marler? I'm not going to go for the fake. I'm going to say Connor... <laughs> Just because, you know, it, it's not desperate coming from him. So, you know what, Tommy, that's, Tommy, that's fine. Next time we have you on, I'm going to change your opinion, and maybe I'll be the one asking the question. Sound good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Awesome, awesome. Tommy, well, we, we do appreciate you coming on very early over there in the future. Um, we're going to find out uh, in, in the future how all this goes. So um, give us some tips. Uh, for future betting and stuff like that, because yeah. you are in the future, we'll definitely hit you up for that. And uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Reach out to us on all things social media, and we'll have you back on sometime soon, man. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Hey, Appreciate also, it. We'll talk Marla, soon. Yes. Marla, before, before I go. Yeah. You there? What's the chances of sending me a box of a <laughs> Tommy, you're the man. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what Take I can it do. Easy. Take it easy, boys. Have a go, oh, buddy. Oh, man. Take it easy, Tommy. Bye, guys. That was good. All right. See you, Tommy. Appreciate Tommy coming on. That was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we're going to try and do that about once a month, I think, especially during the off season. Where we just we have listeners come on, and we we want to hear from from all you you guys and girls who, who listen to us. If you have some sort of unique backstory, if you've got it, it might mean too much to share with us. Uh, we we love getting to do that, getting to talk with with everybody. It's a nice little kind of break up the the hard news and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but we, I mean, Tommy was the perfect segue into this. Got to talk to you about our friends over at Texas Pete. I mean, he's gonna take my job. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, give a shout out to our buddies at Texas Pete. You guys know I love Tech Speed. I'm a big fan. I mean, did you ever think you were going to find someone that's an even bigger fan nope. that also has that accent? Nope. That dust whisper. I'm not going to sleep for a week. Uh, <laughs> regardless, make sure you head over to TexasPeak.com uh, today. Check out TexasPeak.com slash tailgating for some great recipes. If you're like me, you are counting down the days, chomping at the bit until there's a home game in the AAF. So that way, I can get back to my tailgating, okay? I don't have to do the kale-gating, the nail-gating, the fail-gating. Tell you what, though, guys. This week is Valentine's Day. Maybe get your fiance, your girlfriend, your significant other a little nail gating. Let her go to, I don't know, the the spa, get her get a manicure, a little mani pedi, and you just sit outside, get some Texas Pete, maybe some fried chicken, have yourself a day. Treat yourself with Texas Pete. That's what I'm saying. So go to TexasPete.com. Uh, again, TexasPete.com slash tailgating for some great recipes and tips. Check it out today. Texas Pete does. They're really going to take that and run with it. At least I hope they do. They if ought to. else from this, uh, they should definitely do that. You alluded <laughs> to it. Valentine's Day. It is here on, what day is it? It's Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Um, Valentine's Day is very special for SEC coaches because, as we know, the signing, the whole the whole recruiting cycle is, is over. They get a little yeah. chance to, to settle down with their boo. I don't know if they have time to write Valentine's. You, Uncle Chris, I had time to write. <laughs> I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, yeah, so my work day today, I uh, I really um, put a lot of effort into writing Valentine's Day cards to SEC coaches and players. So I'm not ashamed of that. That's fine. So I'm gonna give you four, five, or six. I don't know. And then there's some special people out there. Okay. So the first one we got here, maybe you recite these again to your significant other. Just copy and paste them from the internet and get and hand them out. I don't know. 
Uh, first and foremost, I promise to love you as long as you love me, and I'll never make you cry like Tom Rinaldi. That's good. That's pretty much good. says it all. That's good. pretty much that's, says it all. That's guys. Saban, Saban and Rinaldi exchange Valentines, I assume. Without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Without that's a doubt. Sure. Uh, one guy he's probably not going to be exchanging Valentines cards with, especially after that uh, performance in January, Tua. Here is a Valentine for Tua. Every day with you feels heaven sent. How about dinner for two in the medical tent? Oh, that's yeah. nice little candlelight dinner. I don't know. Um, what, what, okay. Real quick though, do you think Tua got to the point in the medical tent where he was he was like a regular where he's like, all right, I know where you know I know where this bandage is, I know where that is. Like, do you think it yeah. got to that point by the end of it? It had to, right? I'm pretty sure he was just like playing video games in there, and that was it. And there was like rice crispy treats and like I don't know, Sunny D. He's just hanging out. So everybody's making jokes about the transfer portal. They're like, what does the transfer portal look like? Yeah. I want to know what the inside of the medical tent looks like. Yeah. That, that is the great unknown. It is the closet under the staircase. I need to find out what the medical tent Video looks like. Video games, all sorts of I, I feel like it's like that those old commercials where like all the husbands were like out shopping with their wives and they like hide in the middle of like the clothing racks. Yes. Watch yes. games. It's probably what it is. Um, okay. This one is from Coach Saban. It says, uh, hold on, where's it at? When I said Roll Tide, you know what I meant. Your love gets me through field goal attempts. Oh. I know. It's not It's not an episode unless we make a few Bama kicker jokes. Without a doubt. Uh, Ole Miss, I don't know if you're in Oxford this weekend for Valentine's Day. Uh, whether we're in the Grove or in any ballpark, you're the hottie to my toddy and the land to my shark. Can we officially declare them as land sharks? Because I, I like half jokingly say rebels slash land sharks, and I don't know which one to use yet. I know that they're going with the the land shark thing on social media, but yeah, as long as it still comes up when they're when you're watching an Ole Miss game as rebels, I'm still going to call them that. Well, I mean, I I hope they just stick with land shark because I went through a lot of time trying to uh, what do you call it? Photoshop the head of Tony the land shark onto Cupid's body. Um, okay, let me do a couple more here. You want to do the, the Mississippi State one? Or would you like me to do it for you? No, I'll do my one to Joe Moorhead. It's okay. personal. This one's for Auburn. My heart is yours, and you know that's a fact. My love for you is stronger than any long-term contract. That's for Gus Malzahn. Yes. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. All right, do your Joe Moorhead. Okay. This is to my guy. As, as everybody knows, Joe Moorhead is, is my dude. I'm a Joe Moorhead apologist to the nth degree. More so than a Mississippi State apologist, I think. I think that's been a little bit kind of mixed up. So yeah. I'll, I'll just get you know make it sp- as specific as possible. Maroon is a kind of red. My post-2018 mood is kind of blue. You'll prove the haters wrong next year. I'm still all in on you. Oh, my God. Joe Moorhead winning <laughs> 10 games in 2019. Let's Don't double start. down, baby. Let's double down. Will, make sure you get a, a clip of that, please. Um, okay, let's do it for Kirby, and then we'll close this out with Coach O. Uh, when I think of us and everything we've got, it makes my heart race faster than Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott. Killing it. I'm really good at poems, man. Uh, we'll close out with this one, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. And make sure you keep up with this all week. We'll be putting them on social media. Um, I didn't read the, the Jeremy Pruitt one. I thought it was the best one I had, but did not go over well. You're the only one I want to prove it with. It's a rhyming joke. Regardless, we'll get Coach O to come in here. Close this one out. What's up, Coach? Oh, he's got a, he's got a twinkle at his eye, Connor. I don't. Do I have to do your theme song today? No, Connor. Not today. It's a week of love. It's a segment about love. I don't love you, but I'm starting to like you. Okay? I'll take that. They had a poem I wrote to get my wife and Mike the Tiger. Not the same. Rose are red. We purple and gold. You are the pepper in my gumbo. Go Tiger. Coach o, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Red Bull. That's it? Probably yeah, probably so. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? He's I don't know, he's got a he's got a crazy look in his eye. I don't think I want to know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That says it all. I don't need yeah. okay. I feel like, like Coach O's the kind of guy that like doesn't put rose petals down, just puts like rose thorns down just because he likes the pain. Get Not in a weird about. way. Yeah. No days off. <laughs> no days off. <laughs> Marlon, what do you got planned for Valentine's Day? Um Allie said we're not getting each other presents because Queso is the present, but I know that's a trap. So, oh, yeah, trap. trying to figure that out. Um, not sure yet. Probably going to go out to a nice seafood dinner. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you now because she listens to the podcast. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. I'm going to be All really right. pissed, though, if she has something planned that, that I, and I don't do anything. 
Yeah, that never ends well for you. If you assume the the route of least resistance, it, it just you're gonna end up with it in your face. Not, I'm not saying that for for Ali or for that's necessarily what's going to happen, but I just tend to think better safe than sorry. Always yeah, without doubt. Something. Yeah, we've got fourth and wrong. We've got some good we fourth and wrong. Yeah, we got we got five of them today. So um, let's start with Mr. Jost from Instagram. What is the best advice for an incoming freshman in college? I've thought about this a lot because <laughs> I can go a bunch of different ways with this. For starters, get involved in some sort of club activity. What, whatever <laughs> you do. I know that's cliche. Like get involved in some if it's rushing fraternity, if it's joining like some sort of like intramurals thing or whatever it is, like get involved. It, I got involved in student newspaper or something like that. Um, sick brag. Whatever you do. I, I, I rushed fraternity second semester. That would probably surprise me. Sick. Yeah. Um, get involved in something. That'd be my one piece of advice. And then actually treat school pretty seriously because usually that first semester of college is going to be your worst academically and getting your way up GPA-wise after that is really tough. So if you just get that, like, Get that three six under your belt early on. Makes it a lot three, easier. Three six. I don't know. I'm whatever. Like that's that's attainable. You're taking a lot of gen eds as a freshman. So I would say my advice um, is this is the best advice I ever got when I was a freshman. Don't ever order an amaretto sour at a bar. Ever. It's a bad Ew. look. Very yeah. bad look. Um, also, beer before that? liquor. Beer before liquor. What's Duh. the saying? Never been sicker. Um, yeah, so make sure you, make sure you, uh, you have fun for sure, but also, um, yeah, study, I went three sixes. That's pretty ridiculous. Make sure you have fun, but also don't lie to your parents if you do something stupid and get in trouble because they already know that you, I mean, they've been your age before. I remember one time in college, I broke my hand twice. Um, <laughs> one time I broke my hand twice. Because I was an idiot and just a douchebag and I, I was drunk and I punched a wall like an idiot. Both hands, Connor. And I remember the you second time. You broke both hands? Both hands. Um, and I remember, uh, and I'm pretty sure I was I was drunk when it happened. I'm pretty sure I signed my name at the hospital roll tide. Um, <laughs> that's not a joke. I'm just white trash. So I remember the second time it happened, I was like, I had to work the next day. Like, it was like the busiest weekend at the bar. It was the day Bama played Tennessee, that Mount Cody game. And like, I'm just... I, I didn't have health insurance. It was awful. And I remember I told my mom, and I was like, I was playing Ultimate Frisbee, and I just came down weird, and I think something's wrong with my bones. And she let it slide for like three years. And then finally was like, you going to ever just admit that you punched a wall again? I was like, all right, thanks a lot, Patty Sue. Patty Sue, no. Let's just be honest with your parents. Um, all right, the second question from uh, LChap98 on Instagram. How does one learn all the different meanings of bless your heart? Well, I think you just do a lot of things wrong that are kind of call for you to, to get bless your hearted. Um, yeah. I, I would think that'd be the best way to kind of figure that out. See how many things that you can do. We're, we're giving great advice here on the first one. Be like, oh, do this, this in college. No, do everything wrong to a, to a Southerner and see how many different ways they can say bless your heart to you. Yeah. Right? Mix up things like supper and dinner a lot. Um, read a Bible that's not the King James version. I don't know. I don't know. Uh but yeah, if you have like a sassy old Southern grandma, well, you're, you're in for just a verbal beating. Um, third question from Dakota Carter, that guy we hate on Twitter. Whoa. Just kidding. Just kidding, Dakota. We're what is no your, enemies here. That's right. What is your go-to Waffle House order and how do you order your hash browns? I'm going to upset people with this. Oh, God. I'm, I'm an omelet guy, so ham, ham and cheese <coughs> omelet at Waffle House. I can do what? that. That's, that's, that's fine. I, I love eggs. I got to have eggs pretty much every day. Um, I do have eggs every day. This, that's not what's going to upset people because I know there are there are a lot of omelet people out there. I can eat anything for breakfast. Let me let me make the record perfectly straight and say that I eat my hash browns just as is. I'm an Irishman through and through. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong; I'll eat smothered and covered. I can do that, but I am the guy that will literally get a baked potato and eat it plain, skin and all. Uh-huh. I love my potatoes. I don't need to, I don't need a loaded baked potato. Just give me a just give me a regular potato. I'll put maybe a little bit of pepper on it. I don't even need salt. I am that what is Irish wrong with you? Through. It's in my blood, man. I, I can't control it. I can't control it. I always love when Irish people like wear that as like, like a badge of honor, like a point of pride. Like, no, like you guys almost lost your entire country because of potatoes went, went bad. First of all, I would not be here if those potatoes did not go bad. Shout out to my ancestors who came over here because of the potato famine. So oh God. just saying, it's a pretty important thing. 
I'm not the smartest person alive, but I'm smarter than a potato. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, my go-to Waffle House order is the All-Star. Duh. The hash browns, it varies depending on whether I'm just going for a nice leisurely brunch or if I'm hungover. So the hash browns, I usually get, um, what is it, scattered, smothered, and covered, I think. Um, and then I, I put jalapenos, cheese, and mushrooms on mine. And if I'm, like, really hungover or just feeling fat that day, I'm going to get a triple order hash browns. It's the best. Um, so there you go, Dakota. Fourth question from Jonathan Mason on Twitter. If you could time travel to any decade and watch as many live sporting events that took place in that decade, what decade would you choose? Okay, so this is gonna make, <coughs> this is gonna make me sound very young. By the way, um, your streak of not coughing. I know. I just ended. thought about that. Dang it! Just ended. This is gonna sound bad, but I just I always say that I wish I was just older for this decade to appreciate it more. I wish I could just go back and do the '90s again. You know that I am a '90s kid through and through. But when you're six, seven years old, my first eight years on this earth, there were six Bulls championships. I'm not saying I didn't appreciate them. Six what? Oh, Bulls championships. Bulls championships. Yeah, the Bulls dynasty was in my first eight years of life, and it sets a bar that's way too high. If you experience that when you're like 21 through 29 or something like that, it is totally different. And so for me. That like that's my like biggest like sports nostalgia thing that I'll always go back to. I'll always appreciate the Cubs championship more just because I was 26 at the time and it's a little bit different. And that's like kind of peak age for being a sports fan. But right. I wish I could experience a dynasty when I'm like old enough to really appreciate. It. Now, don't get me wrong, Blackhawks a lot of fun. 2010 to 2015, three titles during that stretch. Just saying, sick brag. But the Bulls one would be the one I want to go back yeah. and do. So that was this was tough for me because I I have never been a big fan of the '80s because of the music um, and mustaches, but the the '80s would be good because there's two Olympics on American soil with Lake Placid in LA. Good point. I, so I was gonna say the '90s because, but like I got to experience so many. I got to go to a World Series game. I got to go to um, what else? Did I get to go? I got to go to the Olympics. I told you that story. So I got to go to some pretty cool stuff in the 90s. I Just to be different, I'm going to say the 2000s. And the reason why is, also the 90s, you didn't bring this up, is the home run chase in 98. Best, but, I mean, the summer that really like got me hooked on baseball was, was summer of 98. And the Dream Team. Oh, Dream Team was great. Later, there was really... a lot of good stuff. The World Cup in 94 that was in America. In Chicago, where they had opening ceremonies. I yeah. do remember having a, a like a World Cup soccer ball and getting very into soccer for like two months in my two, life when yeah. the World Cup was in Chicago. <laughs> and then I was like, nah, I'm good. Those oversized Umbro jerseys. Um, yeah. So I'll say to the 2000s because uh, the Red Sox won their first World Series in 86 years. That was pretty cool. Uh, Bama like into their drought in 2009. So you got to see people like Tim Tebow. Like The USC dynasty was awesome. Um, I, don't, I mean, I'm trying to think what else. I'm surprised you even considered 80s because 80s is Buckner. I, I mean, that's still a pretty incredible series to watch. But I also, there's nothing else baseball-wise that I would really want to watch back then. I mean, the 90s is probably the best decade, I would think. Because the 2000s, I hate Barry Bonds. So I, I really wouldn't want to see any of that. Um, the World Series, I, I mean, like the Yankees were still good, which was awful. But I mean, like the Sox won two series in 04 and 07. Uh, again, like you get to go to like the USC Texas Rose Bowl game, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Basketball, no idea. Alternate decade that I would want to go back and experience would be like, I'd, I'd love, and I know we've talked about Babe Ruth on this before. I'd love to see Babe Ruth just in the 20s. Oh God, just like mashing dingers nonstop, just all the time. Like to just me, three day old hot dog in his back pocket and just it, swinging it, a 54 ounce bat. Tickets were like a nickel, so you could get into the stadium. Yeah, but you had to wear like a wool suit and a top hat. Oh, See, that's one I, I can't imagine having to live in a decade that didn't have air conditioning. And I don't care how that sounds. I, the amount of sweat that would pour out of my body. Like, anyway, anyway, anyway. Took it too far. Yeah, fifth and final question. Also, 70s would be underrated, especially with college football. Um, hold on, real quick. 80s, Bo Jackson, uh, sure. Herschel Walker. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, Marcus Dupree. All right, fifth question. If you could get one item autographed by anyone in sports, what and who would it be? I'll say this. Autographs have become overrated. Yeah. They they really have. And I'm, I'll answer the question, but if you have a chance of getting an autograph or getting a selfie, get the selfie every that single doubt, time. Yeah. Selfie's way, way better. Autograph's kind of overrated. There's real, no real proof that you were actually there to get that autograph. There's nothing that really can separate you buying an autograph as opposed to you actually yeah. getting the autograph. Um, anyway, that's just a different rant for a different time. 
I have a, as you can maybe see from putting on FaceTime, I don't know if you can still see it, but um, I have a Billy Williams, former Chicago Cub great, um, Pro Baseball Hall of Famer. I have a Bill, Billy Williams lithograph that I would love to get autographed. He was um, an all-time great that I never got to see play. Would be fun to go back and travel in time and see him. But that would be the one that, because I got to meet him actually one time because I interned at the Baseball Hall of Fame, sick brag. I would like to go back and get that thing autographed because it's they only made like 200 of these things and it's like one of my prized possessions. It's really, really cool. Um, it's kind of timeless. But that, that's the only thing that really kind of jumps out to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched uh, the OJ documentary again this weekend. and The glove signed. So that was what I was thinking, which is that'd be oh, horrible. But there was like one of the things they had um, that was like going around. I guess there was he was making money off of like autographs to help pay for his legal defense. Was like an autograph picture of him and Johnny Cochran like in the courtroom. That would be just terrible to have in your in your house or in possession. But I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, other than that, I'd say Mickey Mantle. I, the probably the coolest the coolest uh, autograph I have. I have an like an autograph baseball. Of Francisco Cabrera, um, Sid Bream, and Rafael Belliard, who were all in, like involved in the last, I guess, like what it, the game seven of the '92 NLCS, where Bream slid slid a home save. I don't know what I'm trying to say. We're, we're done here. I like that though. That's that's pretty good. That's good questions, by the way. I know a lot of people. Yeah. We got a lot of a lot of really good questions. If we didn't if we didn't answer yours, we we might just roll over everybody from. Uh, that asks us a question from uh, this week. We'll roll that over into next week. Actually, we got so many good ones that I'm going to use one of them for fourth and wrong, or for yeah. it might mean too much because this from fourth and wrong was kind of epitomized. You know, all things that might mean too much. This is from Brett Myers 0917 on Instagram. Uh, Brett follows us on all things social media. Yeah, I think um, tweets a lot of good stuff at us. So he said, in response to the fourth and wrong question, he said, "Sister-in-law plays at a D3 school." Colors are blue and orange. I'm a Bama fan. Help? Brett, 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 Brett. As our producer, Will Ogburn, said... One, one, thank you for submitting a question. Yes, thank you for submitting a question. The fact that you went to this thought process says a lot. Um, but you know what? I, I think you just bite the bullet root for your sister-in-law, man. I think you just do it. I think you do it. I, I don't mean to like take the easy way out here. I don't think there's a creative solution other than like... You support your sister-in-law kind of uh, somewhat unconditionally on, on all things sports, even if she is wearing red. Or you can get, what you can do is you just wear neutral colors and then you hold up a sign that yeah. says her name on it because that way you're not necessarily wearing the team color. Okay, so maybe I did help this. It might mean too much. <laughs> just hold up the sign, man. Or, or just wear the colors. Do whatever, but support your sister-in-law. She needs she needs support. Yeah. No comment, Brett. <laughs> It's a slippery slope when you it's, decide yeah. that you don't want to support your your sister-in-law. I'll, I'll just say that. And also, um, Bama's colors aren't that great. I'll be honest. Anyway, before we anyway. get in trouble, we got some five-star reviews. We got some good five-star reviews. We're pulling them up right now. Okay, I'll start here. Strong addition four. for SEC football fans. This is from T. Lively, nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, simply put, this podcast checks all the boxes I'm looking for in a podcast. Natural conversation regarding diverse topics. Impressive from a podcast dedicated to SEC football. Between entertaining and relatable hosts, I always, I definitely messed up that sentence. Good job on that whole natural conversation thing that I read and somehow messed up the sentence. I always look forward to seeing this pop up in my feed. Thank you, T. Lively, and I will work on reading. Yes, you will. Um, This one from New87. I think both of these people, our first two five-star reviews, want to go back in time to the 80s. So um, at least I guess we're the only ones who don't want to go back in time to the 80s. This subject line, my favorite. Podcasts like this don't grow on trees. Keep up the good stuff. Hashtag from for Heisman. Go dogs. Go dogs. Uh, oh, this has got a lot of sentences. Bear with me. This is from WDE for Chris. Uh, People's Choice Podcast Awards. Did not know this existed, but how come you all are not a nominee? I tell you what, listening to you both, I was voting for these awards. You, you all would be winning for, I'm so thrown off by the you all, not the y'all. You all would be winning for best overall. Maybe I need to listen to more podcasts, but here's some context. I'm stuck in Southern California, surrounded by mediocre, at best, Pac-12 teams, and I miss listening to all that's happening with SEC football. Gosh, it's like balm to my soul. Wow! <laughs> Sprinkled with a bit of Texas Pete, shameless plug. Chris and Connor keep up the good work. Chris, you are a Bama homer, but I am an Auburn homer, so I get it. I have to say, though, your Coach O work is flawless. It makes me laugh at all the time. 
Here's the key. You both make the podcast outstanding. If one of you quits or leaves, I will leave. Oh, okay. Mid, wait, mild threat to keep you plugging away in the podcast world. Let me know when you win one of the People's Choice Podcast Awards, and I will be there cheering you on. That might mean too much. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, man. I, I read that one to my wife the other day. <laughs> I was like, you got to really hear this. It's so perfect. Uh, thank you, um, WDE. Uh, this last one is from JVS Go Gators. Subject, come for the sports, stay for the coach, yo. <laughs> Big fan of the podcast. Y'all are informative and funny. I appreciate the stats, but it's great to hear from Coach Joe on the regular. Still waiting on my SDS sticker, but I gave y'all a five anyways. Go Gators. Let's get JVS yeah, Go Gators. Yeah, so just stick. DM me on social media, at Marler SDS on Twitter, or just find me on Facebook. And I will definitely get one out to you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that submitted them. Yeah, those were really, really nice. Gosh, yeah. those are good. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening along. If you if you got a great, it might mean too much or something like that. We're we're always looking for people to to potentially bring on for our guest of the month. We got to come up with a catchy name for that. That's what I was kind of realizing. That's um, a good point. Have, yeah, we'll 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 get we'll get some sort of name for that. Maybe we get Texas Speed Dust to sponsor it or something like that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're still watching Facebook Live Mondays, 8.30. That's right. That, that's what we're doing. All right. Um, follow us on Instagram, at SDS. Follow us on Twitter, at SDS. Make sure you're reading all Saturday Down Soft content. We still have good stuff, man. Like, yeah. We still got really, really good stuff in the off season. Got a ton of great pieces coming out. Uh, we're going to have some features later in the week. I know that you're definitely going to want to check those out. So make sure you're following us. On Twitter, at the SDS pod, at C Marler SDS, at CJ O'Gara. Coach O, can we get you back in the room? Did you leave for, for Valentine's Day or are you still? You're still no, no, I'm trying to play with Queso right now, so I'm going to tell you right now, it might mean too much. And have a good Valentine's Day. Talk to you next week. <laughs>